is Monday night. It is popcorn for breakfast night. And maybe it's not Monday night wherever you're listening. If you're listening in podcast form, it's at least Tuesday. Because we like to make it confusing. But it's Monday night as I'm speaking. Date of recording, Monday, January 24th, 2022. With me as always, your co-host, Kirk. Hello, hello. I am your other co-host, Cam, and we are back. Popcorn for breakfast, another week under our belt here. Uh, It's going to be a good week. We've got really tons and tons of stories about different projects all over the place. It's you know nothing that's like fall out of your chair, big stories, but stuff that's like you want to keep your eyes on it. You know, you want to keep your eyes on it. So we'll be buzzing through all of that tonight on the stream. If you're with us on the stream, thank you for being here. We're glad to have you. And if you're listening in podcast form, we're also glad to have you guys. Uh, If you're in the stream, don't forget, you can comment wherever you're at, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. You can comment. We'll see those comments pop up right next to us, and we will respond to them live on the stream. Uh, and if not, you'll get to hear whatever comments we respond to. But tonight, we're just doing what's popping on the stream. So if you are here with us, don't worry about spoilers. You know, this is only our second week doing it, so I'm giving the disclaimer. You don't have to worry about spoilers, spoilerful movie reviews. We are going to be just talking news, Kirk. And the news is hot. It's hot right now. Just the news. Just the news today. What kind of news is going on in your life, Cam, before we begin? Oh, my. So much. I, I, well, first of all, my personal movie news is that I've been watching movies at an, just an abnormal clip. I really have. I don't. If anybody follows me on Letterboxd, you've been seeing I'm just... I'm just like... I get in these... I don't know if you're like this, Kirk, but I get in these yeah. modes where... I only want to watch movies like I get out of the show vibe completely and I only want to watch movies and I only want to watch new movies that I've never seen before. That's the terror mm-hmm. that I'm on right now. Yeah. New movies or movies from any era. Yeah. Oh yeah. Before, yeah. Right. Um, I keep watching you on Letterboxd and I'm trying to keep up, but I just counted the other day and there was like a six day period where uh, I just like lost track of the world and I have a, a big a big empty gap in my letterbox diary. Uh oh, not me. I, yeah, good luck if you're trying to keep up with me. I'm sure, I'm sure I won't be able to keep this pace for very long. I think I'm on pace for like 300 plus movies this year if if things continue. But no, I, like to your point about different eras, that's really what I've been focusing a lot on is like movies I haven't seen in a long time or movies that. I've never seen that are like from a, a bygone era, you know, that, that I should have seen, you know, like Rose, like uh, Roman Polanski's Rosemary's baby. Did you watch it finally? I did. And did you have nightmares for days? No, I didn't. And here's the thing. Oh my goodness. That movie, I feel like that movie is way overblown. So if you're like me and you were avoiding Rosemary's baby because you're a wimp about horror, it's not like, this is not a traditional horror movie. Like I think, First of all, it's cool to see how it inspired modern horror, like particularly the Ari Aster horror films, like Hereditary and and Midsummer. But like, if if you're hearing those titles and you're like, nope, 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 trust me, this is not like it. Literally has zero jump scares. It, it has very like zero traditional horror scares in it. It's just mostly suspense. It's a slow burn. It's very eerie and creepy and and horrible. But it's not like it's not a scary movie. I wouldn't say. I think it's the ending for me. I think it's the ending that there is a secret evil society of, of that magnitude that they are <laughs> <spoiler alert> from <laughs> 70 years later. 70. 
<laughs> uh, I, I, it's horrifying to think of how demented an entire group of people could come together, right? Because you yeah. think like it's like not one person in there like hey you know sacrificing the baby not a good idea you know i mean it doesn't sacrifice the yeah. baby, but you get what i mean that's that movie chills me to the bone yeah well it's like a twilight zone ending it's like a to serve man you know type of ending where it's like it's not it itself is not scary to look at or hear but the idea the concept yes. it chills you to your bone yeah i think that that's true but i think I feel like it gets way overblown. I've heard people calling it the scariest movie of all time. Mm, like, that's not true. I could watch that with the lights off at midnight in a house by myself. It wouldn't bother me. It would not. True. Yeah. But you're a braver man than I am. That's why I shielded your body <laughs> when we went through Universal's The Walking Dead yeah, that's experience. Right. That's right. I was the human shield. But no, I mean, like I've been watching some of that stuff. I've been watching lots of Hitchcock stuff that I haven't seen, um, which is great. I've been watching. Um, I watched 2001: A Space Odyssey, so you know I've I've watched I've watched quite a few good good old films that either I haven't seen or haven't seen in a really long time. So it's been fun. Highly recommend. And Letterboxd is great because you get that sense of accomplishment. The check bot, you know, you add it to your diary, you hit save. It's like got it. It's I, I nice. love it, and it's it tells really nice. you right there. It tells you the date that you watched it. That's it's nice. Like, it's just such a lovely memory. Yeah, it is. It's great. Um, so yeah, I that's my movie or my life news, Kirk. What about you? What's what's going on in your world? Oh man, oh man. I, I'm trying again. I'm trying to keep up with you. I'm not doing great. I I feel that I'm going to take a day off work. I think and just watch like eight movies to catch up with you, and then I'm going to take a week off and I'm going to get ahead of you. <laughs> you're just, <laughs> just going to dedicate your life to this. <laughs> January 31st. This is like a teen movie. <laughs> this is Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa. This is the home run race. Whoever <laughs> between me and Kirk, whoever can watch the most movies in 2022 wins, but that's right. And I will, I will juke myself up on steroids and I will cheat and I will claim the title. And then 15, Kirk's going to be watching movies at 1.5 speed. <laughs> he's just going to be like, the, he's going to be using the speed settings and he's like, I'll, I'll keep the audio on. So it's like, but he'll still be watching them. It'll still count in 30 years. They'll take my title away. <laughs> They'll be like, not allowed. You have to watch it in its original form. Yeah. Oh it's, my goodness. Uh, it's also yeah. led me down this rabbit hole of like, trying to figure out how they converted old films into digital media. You know, I've been like going on like mm. how it's made <laughs> rabbit hole okay. and like Googling yeah. things like what was the first ever sequel? And like, what, oh. you know, stuff what, like, what was it? I don't remember. See, that's, oh. that's the thing. It's like, I Googled, this was like two weeks ago. I Googled it. I don't even remember anymore. These are great little tidbits. I'm going to write this down. I should here. know my, my brain is like basically a garbage shoot. It just like, it goes in and it comes right out and it doesn't, it doesn't stop to actually get lodged into my memory. So that's, uh, that's how that works. All right, but let's talk about this. Yeah. Somebody's calling out my Funko pops collection. Thank you very much to whoever noticed wow. that, uh, because it's getting intense back here. I added more bookshelves and more Funko pops. It's really gotten unhealthy and it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse soon. There's just going to be, you're not even gonna be able to see me. I'll be like a hoarder, like buried <laughs> up to my neck in just toys. So that's what's going to happen. There'll be a wall and you will hide behind <laughs> them. We'll see your eyes occasionally. Yeah. I'll be like the creature in the, in the trash compactor in, in uh, yes. a new hope, you know, just <laughs> like you see one eyeball pop. Yeah. It'll be like that. 
Uh, but let's do this. Let's let's talk movie news. Let's talk what's popping, Kurt, because we have a ton. And if we don't start now, we're gonna we're gonna fall behind. We're gonna get left behind. Let's pop it up. All right. First up, oh Kirk, where to begin? Where to begin? I mean, there's so much. Well, here I'm gonna selfishly, I'm gonna begin with what I think is the biggest news story to happen over the last week, which is the Lord of the Rings. We've been hearing about this television series, The Lord of the Rings. Jeff Bezos was personally involved in acquiring the rights to The Lord of the Rings to be able to make this television series for Amazon Prime Video, and after. Lots of rumors and speculation and fan theories. We finally have an announcement, which is that the show will premiere September 2nd on Amazon Prime Video, season one. It will be the most expensive single season of television in the history of television. It's coming in just below $500 million for one season of a television show. And we got a title, which was... The Rings of Power, which to any of you Lord of the Rings fans, you're gonna you're gonna know it's 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 the prologue, right? It's the prologue of the story about how all the rings got created, and then there was one ring to rule them all, and Sauron wield, welded or wielded the ring, and you know all these things. It's all of that stuff, um, which immediately sent fans like myself spiraling into chaos and 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 happiness and euphoria. It was incredible, but. That's all we know. And here's what's interesting, Kirk, because I know you're not a Lord of the Rings guy. Mm -hmm. But here's what I think makes this especially interesting is that the era of the show, the era of time that the show covers is one of the least documented eras in all of Tolkien. Like out of all of the stuff that Tolkien himself wrote in this universe, the second age where all of this stuff happened, you know, like the elves and men having their last alliance and the rings of the rings of power being forged and Sauron rising to power. Like that portion does not have a, a, a high amount of literary canon behind it. So they're really kind of diving into the void in a way. Mm. And here's my question to you, Kirk, knowing that you're not a Lord of the Rings guy, but you're a guy who's very cultured. Do you think that's a good move to, to take something that, has not been that documented by the creator himself and to try to basically create new new literary canon for yourself. What, what's your take on that? I'll say that it would, if any other big story, you know, um, like if we tried to do it with Harry Potter, if we tried to do it with, um, oh, give me something, the Wheel of Time, right? Yeah, That's yeah, big, sure. kind of big right now. Maybe it might be too much, but I feel like you really don't have this piece of information, which is someone like me, who that I struggle getting into the Lord of the Rings because I'm like, okay, but like, how are these rings energized? And like, okay, great, they have power. Why? Why do they have power? This, which is dumb because I believe a lot of crazy things when I watch movies, but this really will, I think, connect the, the dots, uh, build the bridge for me to actually finally enjoy the Lord of the Rings. It's a piece that seems critical to me that should have been way more explained. And just for generations, people have just accepted this, that, yeah, the rings have power. Just move on, dude. Move on, you little Irish man. I mean, <laughs> it's what... it's explained. It's just that, like, that whole history part is basically boiled down into a very 
Like they take the whole second age. So like everything that we hear about in the Lord of the Rings happens in like the third age. So everything like from the Hobbit to all of the Lord of the Rings books that got turned into films, like that all happens in the third age. So the second age where this show takes place is like noted and they note the important things, you know, they're like, here are all the important things that have happened. But the detail on it is is not fleshed out at all. So they'll right. really be they'll be building it from the ground up. But you're saying that That's what I want. As a non fan, this has this is interesting to you. It is. It, it has it will actually I believe it will draw me in. And I'm considering not watching, you know, the second and third uh, installations, uh, uh-huh. installments, <laughs> installations of the Lord of the Rings. Uh, I'm yeah. considering not watching them because I want to see, get more explanation to have a firmer foundation. Um, unless the series doesn't go well, and then it'll, it'll probably ruin the second and third movie for me. Yeah, I think it's very high stakes. And, and and going back to the original question of like, is that a good move? I don't know. I think just because this text is so old and so storied and like like it came out in 1955 and 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 there's really not that much of it you know you compare it to something like a game of thrones or or you know you you said harry potter like there's not as much tolkien middle earth content as people think that there is like even the history of middle earth is not really like his words it's just how it's it's his like son describing his writing process and stuff like that so there's really just there's not as much content out there so to go somewhere and be like Hey, we're going to tackle some of the stuff that Tolkien himself didn't even think up yet, or, mm-hmm. or maybe didn't fully flush out. Like, I think it's high risk, high reward type of thing um, for the true fans. But I, I, my hope is that for people who aren't into it, that it will draw them into the series and draw them into maybe the books, and they'll get to experience this world for the first time, which I would, which is something that I personally would love to be able to do again. So I'm going to be that TikTok trend one week after watching the rings of power, (laughs) (laughs) two weeks after watching the rings of power. And I'll come with a more extravagant costume every time. (laughs) Yeah, that could be good. That could be a good series. Kirk. That's potential. Um, But yeah, that's all we got. We have a title for the show. We got a little bit of a teaser trailer, which is like, you know, the sort of like, the, the liquid metal going through the forging, you know, to sh- kind of show that the rings are being created with a little bit of voiceover, which, you know, harkens back to the very first, uh, you know, the, the, the voiceover from Galadriel at the beginning of the Fellowship of the Ring. So it's all very tied in. You've got the same font from the Peter Jackson movies. It appears to be all sort of tied in into this cinematic universe of The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. It's all very exciting, and it's all only eight months away a little bit little bit less like well no we're right about on february so yeah like eight months away but man i could not be more excited so if you're a lord of the rings fan i want to hear your theories let's get into it let's chat it you can join our discord and and we'll get into all the deets all the nitty-gritty and we'll spoil kirk on everything that happens through our in-depth uh that's on you kirk that's on you man sorry (laughs) all right next up bong jean bong june oh Remember this guy, Kirk? I know I you do. Remember him. This is one think of me and Kirk's faves. This, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you think about him every single day. Bong Joon. <laughs> yeah, this is this is our boy. You know, Parasite, uh, Academy Award winning director, Snowpiercer. One of mm-hmm. you know, you and I mutually love that movie. The host, he, that guy, the guy who created those worlds and those insane narratives and those great pieces of cinema. He is embarking on another project. 
And it appears he's zeroed in on Robert Pattinson as the lead for his next film, Kirk. It appears that he's zeroed in on R. Pats. And the belief is that the film will be an adaptation of a book that has yet to come out, even. I I went to go... The the book's called Mickey 7. Um, I went to go put it in my Audible so that I... Because I had credits and I was like, I'll listen to this so I'll be ready for the film when it comes out. And it was like... Releases February 15th. And I'm like, wait, what? So yeah, the, the story is about, um, I'm guessing it's in the, the future, maybe the distant future. It's about a disposable employee um, that goes on suicidal missions to colonize uh, a distant world. And he, Mickey Seven, is, is that he is the seventh iteration. But he decides on that mission that he's not down with the whole suicidal portion of it and wants to persist and eliminate the rest of the Mickeys, I guess. Like, I don't exactly know because, again, the book's not out yet, but Bong Joon-ho is interested and, and Robert Pattinson is interested. In, and frankly, Kirk, that's enough for me. Wow. Wow. <laughs> There's a lot there. I'm, I mean, he so he's got a pattern now because, you know... Uh, Chris Evans was already Captain America when Snowpiercer came out i guess i guess it was filmed before i can't really remember the this i don't know that it was I mean, well it was close but anyways but anyways he says i'm gonna take the most um beloved american male actor and uh put him in a very insane situation and we'll see what happens let's let's figure out what, what goes on and tilda swinton of course will make an appearance at some point yeah and then so his next movie no doubt will be um even more horrifying than parasite let's let's track this pattern um <laughs> i mean mickey seven this is good i've heard of this happening before of, yeah. of uh, directors getting their hands on books before they from before they're published before they become public and uh well, that's what's happening right now with Ready Player Two. I think Ernst okay. uh, Klein uh, or Ernest Klein, who wrote the first one, is writing the second one, or like is almost done writing it or whatever. But the movie rights have already been purchased and it's already in development. So they're like working in conjunction so that it's like movie then book or like book then movie and it's ready to go. So fascinating, absolutely fascinating. It should be interesting. I mean, and like you said, I mean. Robert Pattinson is about to be the Batman. So his whole, you know, there are still a large number of people out there. We used to be among them, Kirk, who are not familiar with Robert Pattinson's gifts. They see him and they see Twilight and they're like, see ya, I'm out. (laughs) Or they're like, yeah, Twilight. I don't know. Maybe they are. (laughs) Um, But, you know, they haven't seen Good Time and they haven't seen... uh, you know, lots of the other great films, High Life, High Life and yeah, The Lighthouse, some of the other greats that he's he's been in recently, and so they don't know what he's about. Um, the The King, that's another one that I think of. But Water for Elephants, is he in that? Is he? Is that him? I don't know. I haven't seen Water for Elephants. In it's Reese Witherspoon. Ages. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they don't know, and so like this, you and I think of Robert Pattinson as like a big, huge, giant massive star but i think that the batman if it's good um will i mean to the moon for him and and then bong joon ho i mean he's obviously this will be his first follow-up project to after his academy award massive win all the awards he was taking home that night and so pair those two together the storylines the narratives the star power this this has potential to be huge really huge it does all right so we'll keep an eye on that one lots lots going on there 
Um, let's just dive into some other uh, weird projects that are going on. Daniel Radcliffe has been cast as Weird Al Yankovic in a biopic called Weird, the story of Yank- of Al Yankovic, or the Al Yankovic story. And that's coming from the rap. Uh, the previous story, let me catch up on credit here. The previous story was from Deadline. Um, but regarding the Al Yankovic story, here's what's interesting about this one to me, Kirk. It's a, it's a Roku original movie. Yeah. And I don't know that that, like, I, that, I heard that and I, my brain went, wait, what? I, like, paused. Um, so I don't know how that works because the Roku channel is, like, free if you have mm-hmm. a Roku device. But I don't remember them having original content outside of, like, Zoe's Extraordinary Christmas, whatever that was. But uh, this, oh is, this is an odd choice. A big name in Daniel Radcliffe. What did you read the fine print? It's actually coming to Roku Plus in September of 2022. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, dude. Just wait for it. I know it's coming. As I understand this, is, is there a music video or a either a short that he's extrapolating on that is, you know, telling his life story a little bit? I have no idea. Probably. Okay, there's an article. Weird Al. I didn't read it all. I just read the headline because I'm uh-huh. a really, really good um, person like like that and there is some source content that weird al already created and now he's making it a feature-length film okay i can't imagine anyone more perfect to play him than daniel radcliffe i think it's i think it's a great fit i think it's a great fit because first of all daniel radcliffe is fantastic i think he does a really great job um his most recent stuff has been really zany really out there i mean just the craziest of projects i mean like Guns Akimbo and uh, the one where he was like Swiss Army Man. Swiss Army Man. <laughs> yeah, that's. I like how you knew exactly what I was <laughs> thinking as I just like like spouted out garbage. But he's done a lot of this really weird stuff, so I think he's going to be in the perfect mind frame to take on this story of Weird Al, who's really a, a very fascinating person with um, a huge amount of of fan support and creative geniuses who love his work and, and, and view him among their own. Like Lin-Manuel Miranda like loves Weird Al Yankovic because he's a, he views him as a fellow creative genius. And I think it'll be interesting to see what happens there, but right. He's fearless. It's such a good, such a good marriage of director, artist and artist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Kirk, you're going to have to get a Roku. That's the, that's the moral of the story here because it's, well, it's coming your way. Guess what? I was against Roku. I just think I just thought, well, it's not going to last. And then it kept lasting. And then I bought my wife a Roku TV, a Roku powered TV for Christmas. So I've got it. I'm ready to go whenever it's ready. But I don't know if I can subscribe to Roku Plus. I just don't think I can do it. I mean, it doesn't even exist yet. So you don't have to worry about that yet. I I don't know. I think they're just going to like just attack us with it. The day before before. they're going to be like this movie's coming out. Roku Plus, seven ninety nine a month. <laughs> no free oh, trial. I gotta get Roku Plus. <laughs> like, man, I was already bought into this Weird Al Yankovic movie. Now I have to commit. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But it's coming, Kirk. It's coming. Uh, Weird Al Yankovic story. All right. Next up, uh, let's circle back on the Oscars. Because we talked about the host hunt for the Oscars. Well, the hunt is not concluded, but... Uh, Variety is now reporting that the Oscars are likely to have multiple hosts this year. Is likely? Is likely. The Oscars Hmm. is likely to have multiple hosts this year. Hmm. Um, But Tom Holland, not not believed to be among the mix, which 
destroys my theory from last week, which was they heard him say he would be willing to host the Oscars. They were like, hey, we're going to do a hosted show. And then they back in the Brinks truck to get him to do it. But either <laughs> like they it was reported that they were talking to him. So he must have listened to us talk last week, probably Kirk and say, this is a bad idea, Tom. Don't do it. And then he was like, nah, I'm out. So, yeah, I think that's, I I think that's exactly it. how it went down. Just like that. <laughs> nah, I'm nah, out. I'm out. I just listened to a podcast and uh, decided this wasn't in the best interest of my career. Have you guys heard of Popcorn for Breakfast? <laughs> that was I really good. think they have some good points in there and I shouldn't do it. Anytime, Tom. Anytime. Happy to be your career life coach, whatever whatever it takes. Um, but yeah, so the Oscars going with multiple hosts. I, I feel like I feel like we're getting the only murders in the building. That's the only logical explanation at this point i agree i think that's wonderful i've still not watched it i don't know what's wrong with me but that has to be it it would be so good it would be good it would be good i don't don't know why you haven't watched it it's it's the it's the oppositional defiance disorder kirk that's what it is it is it rears its ugly head once again you're like oh kirk you gotta watch this i'm like (laughs) okay absolutely not never and every time you mention it it makes it less likely that i will ever watch it Push it down yeah. the, list. the probability goes lower and lower and lower <laughs> to oblivion. I feel you, but I also hate you for it. But it, it, <laughs> I do the same thing, so I can't even I can't point fingers. Okay, next up. Oh, where to go, Kirk? Where to go? Oh, let's let's we, talk about the. Batman. We should get. You know what we should get? Like a carnival wheel. We should because oh for weeks gosh. like this, it would be perfect because there's like they don't really flow into each other, and they're all just like all over the board it's like paint splatter everywhere yeah you know you know how like on sports shows are like we've got the rundown <laughs> we've got 45 seconds yes. to get through these 80 items well we should just it's spin this format. wheel and go crazy yeah i agree i agree we need to we need to incorporate that plus it'd be a great aesthetic for the videos no doubt oh so excited okay i should have done this after the bong Juno story but the batman speaking of pattinson battinson perhaps um the batman's official runtime is two hours and 55 minutes. That includes credits. So it's eight minutes of credits. So if we want to get technical, the actual film is two hours and 47 minutes. Two hours and 47 minutes for the first film in this new Batman trilogy directed by Matt Reeves. So what do you think, Kirk? This makes it longer than Avatar, which is a notoriously long film and mm. you know Matt Reeves he's done some longer films some of those Planet of the Apes movies were quite long and the Hollywood Reporter saying 2 hours 47 minutes for the Batman Kirk is this a good sign or a bad sign hmm. I've also seen that early test screenings of this film were closer to 4 hours long like what? legitimately oh, before cuts before cuts they, oh they were my. testing with audiences and say hey let's listen we think this four-hour film could be a complete film that we what? send to audiences. Obviously, it would have to have an intermission. They didn't say anything about that, but it would have to have an intermission. Can you imagine if Matt Reeves is just like, yeah, I'm going to do a Batman trilogy. He drops the first movie. It's four hours long. Dude, that would be insane. I mean, of course, Warner didn't let him do that, but like, it's nuts that that was even a conversation. I 
would actually love to see a movie in our age and likely will happen where we get to intermission level lengths yeah Um, and maybe this is just an introduction since it's the first one he says fine i can't get a four hour batman one i'll get the batman two (laughs) that'll be four hours i would love there to be an intermission so the runtime does not bother me as long as i know it before i go in so i can prepare myself and and uh, just get ready you know like go either i never remember which one it is either go to the bathroom a lot before or not go to the bathroom before so that my body's trained to not go to the bathroom I yeah think don't break the, the seal yeah mm-hmm. it's uh it's always a tough call and it's case by case i feel i really do feel yeah. that <laughs> yes. um, I, yeah the runtime thing it was interesting film twitter kind of blew up about this and there were there were two distinct camps which was like People who were like long runtime equals bad, and people who were like long runtime equals amazing. This is great, and there were valid argu- arguments on both sides. I definitely see the argument against long runtime because again, it's like the medium is film. It's meant to be shorter form, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's the first movie in a trilogy. You know, if it was the last movie in the trilogy, sure. Um, but I lean towards this is great news. Matt Reeves as a director we've talked about it with the planet of the apes movies he builds and builds and builds and his movies are always pretty long you know the movies that are comps for this so i'm I'm thinking of the planet of the apes but other films of his as well but i feel like for his style this makes a lot of sense and for the world that he's trying to build and the fact that we're sort of catching up with bruce wayne on the fly in his second year on the town as batman i think i think that this runtime could make a lot of sense um but it's risky it's always risky to have a long movie because you you end up you know the pacing has to be really sharp it has to be really sharp to keep someone engaged for that long but some of the greatest movies of all time are long uh lord of the rings return of the kings had an intermission it was it was you know theatrical cut was like three hours and 30 minutes or something like that and uh it won best picture so it it can Mm -hmm. obviously be done but I was surprised to see that number, for sure. Should be interesting. But we'll be keeping an eye. March March 4th, the Batman is coming our way. Let's all just, fingers crossed, no delays. Please, please, please let it come out March 4th. Please. Speaking of delays, Mission Impossible, Kirk. And I don't even know. You know, Paramount, they are a bunch of real stinkers over there at Paramount. They, let's not forget that last year, they basically delayed their entire release schedule with the exception of the Paw Patrol movie and now they're basically doing it again they're doing it again and so uh, Mission Impossible 7 and 8 were filming basically right on top of each other and so now that one has gotten delayed they've obviously both gotten delayed but this is the fourth time that Mission Impossible 7 has been delayed and it has been delayed not a little bit a lot of it from September 30th of this year to July 14th of next year 2023 that is almost another full calendar year delay after they've already done one with this film what is happening kirk and 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 they're they're citing covid but this movie was meant to come out in september so is it production related or is it ticket sales related i have no idea what's happening it can't be ticket sales related because just think of this the recent success uh, that we had with uh, with Marvel. I mean, th- there's just with Spider-Man. I mean, th- there's nothing that would 
prohibit the diehard Mission Impossible fans from going to see this, the Tom Cruise fans from going to see this. It's not a Spider-Man No uh, No Way Home movie. Right. You know, it's not going to get that high, but it's going to be big still. It's big. Let it go to the theaters. Oh, man. Yeah, because Mission, the Mission Impossible movies always do well. They, they always yes. have, and um, four, five, and six which were all the more recent releases in the in the tri- or in the franchise, uh, performed really well at the box office. Six especially performed really, really well. So uh, this is a highly anticipated film. I, w- I was surprised to see it delayed already. And they, this thing has been in production forever. And I know that they had COVID delays and things like that. But, I mean, they have been producing it for a super long time. So it just makes me wonder, what have they not gotten filmed? Or what like what is happening that could cause almost another full year delay? Um, no, I mean, guys, listen, Tom Cruise has a lot of money, a lot right? of money, but he still needs to make more money. OK, this is his chance to do it. And please release this movie this year. Change your mind. No one's going to be mad. Just put it back to 2022, please. <laughs> that is not at all the direction I thought you were going when you said Tom Cruise <laughs> has a lot of money. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like, Tom Cruise has a lot of money. Money can solve any problem. Let's put the money behind it. No, you're like, he needs more. You know, like, sorry, I don't make the rules. Tom Cruise needs more money. I'm, have you seen his house? He needs the money. <laughs> He's going to have to sell it. It's an interesting move. It's an interesting move, Kirk, but I respect it. Okay. Next up, where to go, where to go. Okay, let's do some quick hitters because we got we got to be quick here. We got lots of stuff going on. Here's here's one for you. Nightmare Alley. I just didn't realize this. Nightmare Alley, which is the Guillermo del Toro film. Uh, Bradley Cooper, you know, it's, it's getting lots of Oscar buzz. It's coming to HBO Max February 1st. It's right. really not that far away. So for those of you who are holding out hope to be able to catch that one in theaters, just uh, hang on or go see it in theaters, whatever whatever tickles your fancy. But it's coming to HBO Max, and you'll be able to see it there in just a couple weeks. Next up, Anthony Mackie is set to make his uh, directorial debut. He's going to direct a feature-length film, um, and it's it's called Spark, and it's about uh, Claudette Col- Colvin, um, who was uh, a civil rights era pioneer who's sort of like, you know, it's like an unsung story, like like a story that not very many people are familiar uh, with. So that could be very interesting. So Anthony Mackie, best of luck to you. We're big fans of his work on the screen. And uh, this is happening according to deadlines. So we'll be, we'll be sure to support his work behind the camera. Next up, Space Entertainment Enterprise. What you heard about this, Kirk? They are working to build a movie studio in space. Wait, no. Yes, no, no, they no. are, Kirk. No. And and they said it will be ready to go by 2024. But why? But why? What do you mean? But why, Kirk? Let's play. A, let's play. Let's play debate team on this one. You have okay. to be anti. I'll be. I'll be pro. Okay, so this is a a studio, a movie for studio, filming movies. Yes. In space, it is a space station studio. Am I correct? That's right, space station studio. It will be ready by December twenty twenty four. Okay. Do they already have movies planned that will be filmed in this no space idea. studio? Probably not. Hmm. Well, probably something with Tom Cruise. If I had to guess, like he's that sounds right up his alley. He said uh-huh. he wanted to film a movie in space, so like it's gonna be right, him. right, right. Okay, so hear me out. Hear me out. Why would you need a space studio when the moon landing was fake 
and we already can do this wow. on Earth. I don't understand. I think you took the worst angle possible there. <laughs> uh, so, I, like, sit back while I destroy you in this debate. First of all, there's no way that the moon landing was fake. You can fight me on that if you want to, but you you will lose. Second of all, we've been having we have never had a real space movie, Kirk. Think about that. We have never had a real space movie. We do we even really know what it would look like to have a film made in space? I mean, dark. we've done a good job. Two thousand one, a space odyssey. There would be no sound. I don't know how they're going to do that if they're in the vacuum of space. <laughs> they'll have to you know mix it together. But good point. Two thousand one, a space odyssey. I just watched that the other day. Incredible for the time. Think of gravity. You know, some really good space movies that came out. What was the one that we watched with Brad Pitt that was really weird? Ad Astra. Um, Ad Astra. I liked that movie. It was very strange, but Armageddon. Think about how cool it could be to have a movie in that takes place in space that's filmed in space. Right. I want to be clear. First of all, I do believe that the moon landing was real. <laughs> good. I, it was the first thing that came to my mind. <laughs> wow. You just your fl- your fight or flight instinct kicked in and it failed you. It failed you there. I, I just don't see why. Though there need we need to spend all this money on a movie station in space. No, yeah, I, I just don't, don't. I don't see the. I don't see the win in it. I don't see the how many actors are like, yeah, I'll go up to space and risk my life to film a movie. I just don't see that. Yeah, I I, yeah, I don't know. But there no, will no, be you have some. To play the other side. Play the other side. No, not anymore. I'm an I'm, actor. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> no, 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 I'm an actor, and I'm not risking my life. You're the producer. Tell me, I have to go. I'll give you. $300 million, Emily Blunt. All right, I'm coming. You're Emily Blunt, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be her and Tom Cruise. They're going to recreate uh, Live, Die, Repeat in space. It's going to be the sequel. Yes. It's going to be great. I just called it Live, Die, Repeat, which I never do. Anyway. How dare you. <laughs> next up, I really got to go fast. There's a Wallace and Gromit movie in the works at Netflix. Those guys over at Ardman are kicking out some stuff for Netflix because they're making a chicken run sequel as well which just got a new title announced um chicken run dawn of the nugget and that will release in 2023 kirk you big chicken run guy i've never watched it i've never really desire to watch it you should the chicken have teeth it's it's uh it's wild stuff well and another big fact about chicken run dawn of the nugget uh mel gibson's voice has been replaced with zachary levi Levi. that's right Mm -hmm. and and Dewey newton is in that one and uh, somebody else notable, Bella Ramsey. And yeah, it's it's basically just like Marxist chickens uh, with teeth is basically that. That's the movie and it's great. I think that's what it was. I think it was the teeth. I said, I can't. I can't You're like, this. no, and then for that reason, I'm out. I get it. I get it. Uh, there's a Godzilla spinoff series in the works at Apple TV Plus, um, which takes place within the MonsterVerse, but... Is more, it's more in like the MonsterVerse Monarch situation, Kirk. Uh, I'm out on that. What does that even mean? Well, you know, it's it's that company Monarch that they had in like that tied together the Kong oh. films and the Godzilla films. Yeah. I'm, no. I'm, I'm like, here's what I feel like we need to realize the Godzilla King Kong movies are really just like, we should stop making it about companies and people and, and plot really because every attempt at plot has been pretty bad i feel like and just make it mostly about monsters and simplify everything else like way way down 
Right. Did we learn nothing from the Michael Bay Transformers movies? Right. Do we learn nothing for, from Godzilla versus Kong, which did the whole Hollow Earth thing that I thought was terrible and probably the worst part of that movie? Um, whereas the monsters fighting was pretty okay. So I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why we're doing this, but Apple TV Plus picking up the MonsterVerse. Um, a Christmas Story is getting a sequel at HBO Max. Again, why? Why are we doing this? Like, here's my thing. All of these films that are like, you know, there was one movie or a series of movies and then we're going to pick it up again 30 years later. Has there been one that was like, oh man, that was a great choice. I'm so glad that they mm. did that. Because I'm can't. i mm. I'm drawing a blank. I've got nothing. I don't think so. I, I'm sure there was like one that was like, that was pleasant to see our old friends back, you know, but none of them have really been like, finally, they fixed it, you know? Yeah, maybe, maybe like... Jurassic World was good that they like, but that wasn't that far removed, really. It was, it wasn't, it wasn't as far removed as a Christmas story. I mean, it's been like forty years since that movie came out. That's right. So, what do we have to gain from this? I don't know. I don't know, Kirk. I'm at a loss. Um, Not much. Here's the one you posted on social today that uh, some fans have started a class action lawsuit against the film yesterday (laughs) because, because, and here's the kicker. And I did not realize this because I, I don't know that I ever saw a trailer for this movie, maybe one. Um, but Anna de Armas is in the trailer for the film, and so all these fans were saying that they rent, or these at least these two people, rented the movie to see Anna de Armas only, and she, you know, her part was cut from the film, and so they're like, "This is false advertising." She was in the trailer and not in the movie, Kirk. I want to know what you think their probability of success with this case is. Yep, uh, absolutely zero dollars yeah. are coming their way. <laughs> Maybe three ninety nine. Yes, <laughs> as I understand it, uh, which I did not under did not believe was public or very widespread when this film was made in twenty nineteen. Um, and Ana de Armas was possibly like another like love triangle option, um, but they didn't like the attention it took away from Lily, uh, Lily James's character. And, the, you know, test audiences were like, nah, man, like maybe he should be with the other girl. <laughs> so they cut her because Lily James story, you know, she was the more well-known actress at the, at the time. And it just blows my mind that these two people united and said I saw that trailer and I wanted Ana de Armas and you gave me Lily James like these people are are spending thousands of dollars to go after them over false advertising (laughs) yeah they're suing for like billions of dollars in damages like because they want other people to join their cause and be like yeah this x many people tried to do this and, and it didn't work but here's the thing IMDB exists. So let's look it up live. We're going to do this live. There's no excuse for you to ever go into a movie thinking that somebody's in it. And then they're not. That's, that's kind of weird. On a 2019. Let's see. Let's see if it says it. If she's part of yesterday, ladies and gentlemen, it probably says that she was uncredited or cut or something like that. I tell you right now, there is not one thing. Exactly. Not one thing that says that she is a part of this movie and IMDb will crush their case and it will be thrown out. I'm just like, this is this can't be legit. It can't be. It can't be legit at all. Well, the news website was um, 
I want my money back to <laughs> No, I mean, the story is legit. Like, Variety oh, reported it. Variety reported it. But, like, they can't be serious. This is this is shockingly dumb and stupid. And for what? I don't know. I, I really don't understand. Okay, last thing. We got Guillermo del Toro's uh, <gasps> teaser for Pinocchio. Oh, my goodness. I'm... I was wrong. What? She's on there? She is listed as uncredited. See, but that's that's the thing. She's listed as uncredited. But she's listed. It's because she did work there and it got dropped. Well, yeah, but that happens all the time. I mean, there are huge people cut from movies. Like, you have to know that. I don't know. It does. You have to know that. It does. I'm sorry. I had to to correct it. We're live. (laughs) I didn't want to get attacked on social media. Yeah, that happens all the time to us. From our millions of fans. (laughs) It's like fire arrows raining down. (laughs) No. Uh, So, yeah, good. Glad you set the record straight, Kirk. Glad you uh, interrupted me to do that. It's really worthwhile. (laughs) Um, Anyway... Guillermo del Toro's teaser trailer for Pinocchio um, dropped today, and it's it's coming to Netflix in December of 2022. It stars Ewan McGregor as Jiminy Cricket. There are some other big voices in there, uh, you know, Finn Wolfhard, uh, who is not Pinocchio, by the way. There's a new actor who's playing Pinocchio because um, it said introducing so and so, and I'm forgetting Gregory Mann or something. I'm I'm just throwing Back. stuff. Gregory Peck has come back from <laughs> the dead. back from the dead. They cryo froze his head, and now he's a, a child again. They gave him the Benjamin Button thing. Um, that would be there's a movie plot for you, Kirk. But Tilda Swinton, Christoph Waltz, etc. It's stop motion. Uh, we saw like 30 seconds of it, but it looks it looks intriguing, and it's Guillermo. Like I'm into it. Here's the problem, though, Kirk. This is one of two Pinocchio movies coming out this year. And this is not the first time that this has happened. As recently as I think 2019. Yeah. There were two Pinocchio films released that year. And now again, and I ask you, Kirk, and I ask you from the bottom of my heart and with the (laughs) deepest amount of desperation and horror, who, who is asking for all the Pinocchios, Kirk? Who's doing it? We must find them. We have to find them and we have to eliminate them. It's our it's our only way to move forward as a society. Because it's just I I don't want to watch them. I don't want to watch Pinocchio. I don't like the story. I just don't like it. It's not that good. And um, yeah, the fact that we have another two of them coming out is 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 frankly horrifying to me. I imagine there's like someone's like dear beloved grandpa, like at the highest level of (laughs) Of the Illuminati. (laughs) (laughs) The Illuminati. (laughs) And he says, Oh, if I could just have one more good Pinocchio (laughs) version, I could die a happy man. And it's everyone else's life goal to make a better Pinocchio, (laughs) like succession. Like, I'm going to make a better Pinocchio, better movie than you. And, and it's just uh, a challenge. That's why they're all coming out right now. And they please. haven't found that perfect one yet. Make it stop. Make it stop. And, <laughs> and and so, yeah. So this one is going to Netflix. It's Guillermo del Toro. It's stop motion. The other one is live action. And it's Disney. And it's it's a live action remake of their animated film. It's just, it's a lot right now. But I will say, as far as Pinocchios go, and, there, and I can say that plural because there have been many, this one doesn't make me want to die just looking at it. So that's that's good. That's a good sign, I would say. It, it's got a James and the Giant Peach vibe to it, which I'm always mm-hmm. down for. So, Yep, yeah, and since it's Guillermo del Toro, 
we will undoubtedly just just dive into a tunnel of horror when oh, we get to the freaking donkey scene. Oh, it's I mean, going to be just, just gonna... nightmare fuel for I it'll, I'll never sleep for the rest of my life. I'm like <laughs> totally prepared for that cuz Pan's it took me a while to recover from Pan's Labyrinth if I'm being honest. <laughs> like uh yeah, it's going to be bad. Uh and and we don't even we all we know is what the cricket looked like and he's He's like the cute. He's supposed to be like the cutest character in the whole thing, and he looks like he's seen some stuff. <laughs> so I'm just like, what what horrors are, are, await us in this film? I don't know. I don't know. It scared. It scares me, Kurt. But here we are. Let's get out of here. <laughs> this Pinocchio <laughs> stuff. Let's leave it. Let's leave it. Let's pop it up one last time. Pop, pop, pop. All right. And that's all we've got for what's popping. Thank you guys so much. If you're on the stream, thanks. Thank you so much for chatting with us and listening to us and watching us. Uh, you'll be able to watch this. It'll be available on YouTube. So if you're hearing this in your ears right now in podcast form, you can also watch it on YouTube. So feel free to take part in that. We are hopping off here to go record our review of The Tragedy of Macbeth, which is directed by Joel Cohen and which stars Denzel Washington, Francis McDormand, two Academy Award-winning ballers. Uh, we're getting ready to review that. It's available to watch on Apple TV+. Plus. So if you have a subscription, be sure to watch it before the episode drops on Thursday, and we will leave you with that. Uh, as always, want to give a special thank you to our executive producer, Ryan Spriggs, as well as the band Rhetoric, who created our original music. Catch those guys on Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere you get your music, and we will see you guys next week. Talk to you then. <laughs>